Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Bless you. Coughing, spluttering, sneezing. No, for once, it's not all about COVID-19. Yes, folks, it's that time of the year when cold season well and truly takes its toll on our winter well-being. Except this year, it's back with a vengeance, having missed its opportunity last year to make us miserable as we stayed apart and behind closed doors. And so the common cold is back. And as Ireland reopens, so too are the number of winter infections. To find out what's going on and avoid catching any bugs, the Indo Daily calls on the experts for advice. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today I'm joined by Cathy Maher, a pharmacist, and Anthony Staines, Head of Health Systems at Dublin City University. Why suffer when you've got a cold? Kathy Maher, pharmacist with Haven Pharmacy in Dalik County Meath, which you run with your pharmacist husband, Tom. What are you seeing on the ground? Are, are we all getting that little bit sicker this year? Certainly respiratory symptoms are presenting and we're seeing it across all age groups. Um, really, even from, from when schools returned in September, we could see a sharp increase in sniffles and coughs and colds in younger children, school going age. And then now we can see as, as offices have returned and, and different things, are, we were socialising a little bit more, but we can definitely see respiratory symptoms, coughs, colds, sneezes, sinus infections, ear infections, they're all presenting at the counter. Um, there was so little last year. Um, it seems that it's very, very virulent at the minute. It seems like they're worse this year. But I suppose we're early in the season. It's the start of November. We just wait to see what the next four to six weeks brings. Can we see um, if it's going to be worse than, than ever before? But certainly there's an awful lot presenting. And Cathy, are we, we all stocking up on the lemsips and the cough sweets and all that kind of stuff that we would uh, traditionally associate with uh, common colds? That's exactly it, Siobhan. Um, the common cold, earache, sore throat, strep throat, you know, most of those are mild self-limiting illnesses. Um, that's not to take away how debilitating or how severe the common cold can get. They, they 
caused by a rhinovirus that change. So there is no cure for the common cold. So what we advise people is to self-medicate, treat whatever symptom is appropriate uh, or whichever symptom is causing the most bother. But obviously the, the adverts at the minute that we hear on, on media and the advice we've been given from public health is if you have any respiratory symptoms, stay at home, get some advice from your pharmacist or GP and present for a test. And once that's clear, then you can rejoin school or workplace environments. But self-medication is really important. And that, as is one of the most prevalent things we're seeing in the past kind of fortnight is sinus infections, a lot of sneezing, a lot of sinus pain. And once people realise that these are viral by nature and they have ruled out any COVID infection, they actually just to manage their own expectations, know that they're going to take maybe 10 to 15 days to completely clear. And that's absolutely fine. Take the advice of the pharmacist, self-medicate with the appropriate medicine and, and you can go from there. And, and what kind of um, things are we buying then at the moment, Cathy? Um, what we're seeing, what we're being requested is certainly painkillers. And we would always advise painkillers to help with any um, raise in temperature, any pain or discomfort that might be some cough medicines. Evidence to support the use of cough medicines isn't very strong, but we do find that people do find them useful and find them therapeutic. So we do sell a lot of cough medicines. Um, also oral medicines and topical medicines for decongesting. So for those swollen, puffy nasal pass passages, um, so something like pseudoephedrine, either in nasal spray form um, or in oral form as well. So they're they're really, really useful. Then again, when it comes down to ear infections, what we tend to recommend is an anti-inflammatory because very often it's a viral infection. There's no drops that you need to put in, but the ear can be inflamed inside, causing pain and discomfort and an oral anti-inflammatory can be really useful to help that, so something like ibuprofen. And Cathy, you know, because we were either in or out of lockdown this time last year, um, there was a lot more social distancing in place. Uh, the common cold uh, didn't uh, get the opportunity to spread as it normally would. This year is different though, isn't it? And and. Uh, I think people potentially are a little bit embarrassed if they have to cough or sneeze because now, you know, we instantly jump to the conclusion that it's probably COVID. You've hit on lots of notes there. Absolutely. Last year, sales for all um, cough and cold remedies were, were, were really, really low because we were all adhering to very stringent public health measures. There was social distancing. There was um, strict mask wearing. We were very much more aware of hand hygiene and hand gels. I think, you know, in terms of all of those, some 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 of us have become more complacent. But we were very strict. But we were also in various lockdowns or restrictions as well. So there was very, very few incidences of common cold, cough, even tummy bugs. And I don't think there was any incidence of case or any case of flu notified to the HPC or to the Health Protection Surveillance Centre. Absolutely, they're not there, but they have raised their head now at the minute. Um, is there an embarrassment about having a cough and a cold? There is a little bit because I think that comes down to, oh my gosh, does someone think that I haven't restricted what I need to do? But if you have had your COVID test, you can rule that out and manage, effect, manage appropriately, then it's fine to resume what you need to do. Can't have missed the warnings that effectively every winter bug that has ever been known is waiting to pounce this winter because we are all, to a small degree, immunocompromised by having been locked down. According to uh, scientists in the UK, children particularly may be more susceptible to common illnesses this winter because of what they describe as an immunity debt built up during last year's lockdown. Well, joining me.
Anthony Staines, Head of Health Systems at Dublin City University. Are we seeing more and more infections at the moment? We, we are, but it's something we see every year. Uh, when children go back to school in any given year, we expect a whole range of c- common infections to rise. Um, we see some viruses, uh, RSV, which you may have heard about, which can make young, it can affect any age, but it can make young children quite sick. And that goes up every every winter, every couple of winters. We have common colds, we have influenza, which is a regular winter visitor. Sometimes there's not a lot of flu around. Sometimes there's an awful lot of flu around. And there's usually one or two viruses that are uh, circulating in a particular community at any given time, causing health problems at some level. And we're talking um, about this now, Anthony, because um, there's, a, there's a lot more of us with uh, sniffles or a cough and, um, you know, we're, we're, we know it's not COVID. So is it a case that we're just all out and about a bit more this year in comparison with last winter, why we're seeing such a rise? I think by comparison with last winter, there, was, there is a lot more circulation and for example, last year, there was hardly any influenza anywhere in the world. So we, we managed to more or less sit, stamp on flu while we were trying to control COVID. And that's probably going to come back now, um, hopefully not too severely, because you know, with COVID, the health system is under significant stress already. And if you add in flu to that, it could become very challenging indeed. But also, people haven't had the infection last year. So it's coming back to them this year. And maybe last year you would have got a virus. This year you're getting two. So your sniffles last longer. Or you have two episodes of relatively mild symptoms. You know, a bit of a cough, a bit of a sore throat, a bit of a sniffle. Scientists fear people won't be able to handle flu this winter as reports across the UK warn of the rise of a severe bug dubbed the worst cold ever. There are reports of a new common cold circulating across the UK which has been dubbed the worst lurgy ever. Well, the illness is said to have similar symptoms to COVID-19. Marvellous, that's just what we need and could last for a number of weeks. Maybe you're suffering from it right now. A lot of people are saying if they've got this cold, they've never had one as bad. These viruses, the other viruses that circulate are kind of known entities. You know, people can and do get very sick with RSV, which is the bronchiolitis virus. People can and do get very sick with influenza, but we understand them. We understand the consequences. We understand how they how they spread. We understand how to control them. COVID nineteen is there are far more unknowns with COVID nineteen. It does appear to be substantially more severe in a a large number of people than any of the other viruses that we have. It it isn't a feature of the other viruses in almost all cases, that you get systemic inflammation of a kind which is not uncommon with COVID. So these viruses are there, they're circulating. You protect against them the same way you protect against COVID. You protect against them by ventilation, by wearing masks in crowded spaces. Some of them are spread more on hands than than COVID seems to be. So hand washing is more important. We also have a, a a bunch of gastrointestinal viruses, 
winter vomiting viruses it's sometimes called which although it's primarily a virus of infants can and does cause major outbreaks in adults we have a, a, a selection of other gastrointestinal viruses which cause some combination of diarrhea and vomiting and again their control is very much a matter of hand hygiene uh, bathroom hygiene Flu viruses can spread if you don't catch your coughs or sneezes hygienically, passing flu from person to person. Flu viruses can live on hard surfaces for several hours, making flu easy to spread. To prevent the spread of flu when you cough or sneeze, catch it in a clean tissue, bin it, and kill it by washing your hands as soon as you can. Catch it, bin it, kill it. Anthony, in terms of how we protect ourselves against these infections, you know, by wearing the mask and keeping our hands washed and all that kind of thing, but is that kind of scuppering our resistance to to certain infections? Not really. What it's doing is it's stopping you getting infected. So your, your immune system is very complicated and there are lots of pieces to it. A large part of your immune system is devoted to stopping all infections getting in. And it's, you'll sometimes hear it talked about as the innate immune system. And there's another large part of your immune system that is devoted to, this is an infection, I've seen it before, I know what to do about it. And you have, you have separate immune systems in various parts of your body, which they're all there. You, you don't weaken your immune system by not having a cold or a flu. You know, you weaken your immune system by something like chemotherapy for cancer, a very, very severe illness, having had a transplant, uh, getting older, weak, your immune system grows weaker as you get substantially older. Exposure to this virus or that virus is really neither here nor there. But what's happening is you, you missed it last year, so you're getting it this year, and you may be getting it twice this year. We always tend to remember the present miseries rather than you know, past happiness. So last year you felt fine because you didn't get these things. And this year they're hitting you, maybe as they would have hit you two or three years ago. Well, uh, my mother recommends an old sweaty sock with salt around your throat, good pullover, and a good hot water bottle and sweat it out and then if you feel that you're not going to spread germs around then get up. Well I think it's quite a, a simple ailment to deal with. Uh-huh. I take a jolly good dose of salts and let nature do, do the rest. Well the best way that we find and the only way uh, is the use of elderflower wine. Um, We have all these lovely uh, old wives tales of the best remedies you can take for your colds and things. Is there anything, you know, that would be top of your own list, Cathy, or, you know, the heating up the whiskey? Does that even work? Well, I suppose one of the old wives' tales or one of the oldest things that we've heard and have come around from the 50s is the catch it, bin it, kill it. So when you think of people being embarrassed about the sneezing and the coughing, that's the first and foremost public health thing we say. Sneeze or cough into a tissue, scrunch it up, bin it, wash the hands. That's number one. These are respiratory illnesses. So they do travel in the air that we breathe. So you want to try and prevent the spread, first and foremost. Secondly, we would encourage anyone who can to avail of the flu vaccine, especially if they're in the at-risk risk groups. And also we're pushing for the ages 2 to 17 to have the nasal spray flu vaccine. And there's a bit of a wonder because why with that age group, they don't particularly get severe flu. 
but they can actually shed the flu virus for longer than you or I can. They tend to hold on to that virus and shed it for maybe up to 11, 12 days, whereas you and I might shed that to others for about seven days. So when you think of younger kids going around grannies and granddads, it's important that they have the vaccine. So there are some ways to prevent and then in terms of treatment, it's down to there's some of the old wives' tales. It's, it's uh, you know, three days for a cold to come on, three days to be really miserable, three days for it to pass. That's, that's an old adage. But that, again, would be managing patient expectations. Yes, it might take nine to ten days for this cold to pass, and that's absolutely fine. But to recognise the difference between a cold, a common cold, which can be severe and debilitating, and a flu or influenza. Flu will have a sudden onset, very often does not have any respiratory symptoms such as sneezing or coughing, but you can have a severe headache, um, usually fever, 38 degrees or more, shivery, cold, general feeling of malaise or fatigue. And if that's someone in an at-risk group, then we'd have to watch that really, really closely. That generally warrants bed rest, plenty of fluids, and paracetamol and ibuprofen where appropriate for temperature and pain. Other than that, all the other symptomatic um, treatments that we'd recommend for common cold, whether it's a decongestant, whether it's an antihistamine to dry up the secretions, the runny nose, the runny eyes, or whether it's something to settle and soothe the cough or a lozenge to ease the discomfort of a sore throat. In terms of the old wives' tale, the hot whiskies, if it helps, absolutely fine. If it's appropriate, fine. Um, but just some things to be recommending is watch paracetamol products. Sometimes people would say, well, I'll take my Lemsip and that's fine. And then they'll take two paracetamol. And the danger there is you're doubling up on paracetamol and that can be quite catastrophic. So just always check. Some medicines aren't available, aren't appropriate for someone who's taking other medicines on prescription perhaps so someone who is diabetic or has high blood pressure or perhaps pregnant they cannot take an awful lot of the cough and cold preparation so with everything we'll always say pick up the phone or call in just ask your pharmacist or the pharmacy staff what is safe and appropriate and how you can help treat yourself and your family best. Well, that was Cathy Maher, a pharmacist in Dalik County Meath. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced and presented by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from independent.ie, ITV, the BBC, RTE and News Talk. You can listen to the Indo-Daily wherever you get your podcasts.